Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Thank you, thank you. Tonight is May the 4th, 2023, and the title of tonight's message is Get Up, Man of God. Say, Get Up, Man of God. Say it, JJ. Get Up, Man of God. And we want to jump straight into tonight's subject. You guys ready to jump in? Okay, amen. Sunday, we were blessed with a perspective change that has been transforming our hearts and your hearts as well, empowering our actions for the kingdom, transforming uh, the kingdom of God, and we're going to share that impact with you tonight. You guys ready? Yes. All right, let's start in 1 Corinthians 2. Let's jump into it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. When you get there, say, get up, man of God. Verse 13 says, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truths and spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. Say all things. All things. But he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we, say we, we. say I. I, I have the mind of Christ. You see, the Lord began something on Sunday, and tonight we're going to learn how to lay full claim of it. Amen? Amen? So let's talk about that perspective change that was spoken into our spirits. Linton, did you have a perspective change on I Sunday? Had a pr Do you want to hear what was going on in my, head, my heart on Sunday? I want to hear it again. Hold on to your seats. From Sunday, and we tied in a few things. If you, if you were paying attention to the prophecy on Sunday, you heard something that was stated in that prophecy, and we're getting ready to read it. But before we do that, Sunday, what, what blessed me the most, one of the things that blessed me, it's a lot of things that blessed me, but what really impacted me is the fact that I'm in training. You are in training. See, we got this thing called uh, performance anxiety, not want to make a mistake, anxiety, plain old faithlessness slash anxiety, right? But when you realize that you're in training for something, you're in training for battle, you want to go to failure. You want to press beyond your limits because that's the only way you get better. My frame of reference is basketball because I play basketball. Nobody expects to make every shot in, 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 in practice, right? As a matter of fact, if you do, you're doing something wrong because you're not pushing yourself. That's a stupid reference. I get it. But the point I'm, I'm trying to make is that we're in training. So we can let uh, all the fear of failure, all of the facade of performance uh, fall by the wayside. We are in training in righteousness, and God is causing us to grow. Have you grown in the last six months? Yeah. Have you grown in the last three months? Yeah. The last month? Yeah. Last week? It wasn't because you're perfect. Neither was I. We are training and we're getting stronger. We're getting better. We're being better equipped for the work that God has for us. And that was encouraging to my soul. That, that took a load off of my shoulders personally. How about you? Man, that is a great perspective change. Uh, that know that we are in training. To know that we are working for something. And whatever we do, we are still pushing forward. We are still moving forward. You want to know what... My perspective that got changed on Sunday? The Lord is working on me? You want to? Oh, you own it too? Okay. Sorry, I was, I, was, I was distracted by my friend, by my brother friend. The perspective that changed in me, man, I just need to wash my feet. I just need to wash my feet. See, when I'm training and I'm moving forward and I stumble and I don't quite see my, my, uh, my, my perspective, my uh, growing up, I played football. I didn't play basketball. So... So when I miss a play, right, and, and, and the guy behind me gets tackled, and, and it's my fault, right? It's not over, right? It's not, I'm not out of the game, and I'm not out. No. No. When I make a mistake, when I mess up, I get back in it. Because if not all of me is wrong. Not all of me is wrong. I'm not throwing myself away. When I mess up, all I need to do is wash my feet. I don't need to roll around in the mud. I don't need to, to put filth that's on my feet, put, up, put on my head. That doesn't happen. That doesn't need to happen. All I have to do is wash my feet. 
I missed the play. It's okay. Get back in there. Wash my feet off. Get back in there. Stand up and be the righteous man of God that I'm called to be. Amen? See, these perspective changes, they weren't out of our own noggin. This was by the Spirit of God. That verse in, in 2 Corinthians says that the words are taught by spirit. You have the Spirit of God inside you. And the Spirit is setting us free through these, these revelations. So you see, we saw, ourselves, uh, we saw ourselves as needing a whole body wash prior to Sunday. Aye. Well, just wash my whole body, a whole Aye. body wash. We saw ourselves as having blown it in training, so just walk off the court, walk off the field. We blew the, we blew the practice play. Let's just let's walk off. But that's not who we are. That's not what the Spirit of God inside us calls us to. The Spirit of God inside us, inside us calls us to get up, stand up, and go at it again. Yeah. Let's talk about something else that the Spirit of God did on Sunday that's of vital importance. We want to honor the working of the Holy Spirit as he empowered one of our pastors to prophesy this message from God directly to us this past Sunday. Do not treat prophecy with contempt. The Lord spoke to us, to you and I, on Sunday through these words. Listen up. Am I not a father in this house? I am displeased, but I am not displeased with you. I am displeased with how little of the table that I have spread before you, you lay hold of. If those of you who are evil know how to give good gifts, do I not know how to give good gifts to my household? There are those that are sitting in this room and with the table spread out before you, and yet you are starving in my presence. It is not because I am distant from you. It is not because you feel distant from me. It is because you claim so little of what I have given you. I have given you the mind of Christ. I have given you right standing. But no longer can you sit at the table with me and not lay hold of what I've given you. That's what the Spirit spoke. God is transforming our ability to lay hold of what he has for us tonight. Do you want what he has for you tonight? Yes. Do you want what the Spirit of God has for you tonight? Yes. Tonight our goal is that we would claim it all. That we would get it all. And that's God's goal for us. He's doing it in us before he got, got to you. Trust me. He's been causing us to lay claim of all that we have available to us. But it begs the question, how, how do we claim all that God has set before us? First, I will, we will, he will. First, we have to recognize what's available. You have to recognize your right as a son of the living God. Say, I'm going to recognize my right. And it starts with John 1, picking up in verse 12. Amen. Amen. Can you guys get to John 1, 12? Say, I have a right. See, so we have rights as sons. And this isn't just about an inheritance that we can go spend somewhere. This is a right to sit at the table with our Father. To sit at a table that's prepared before us. And like the prophecy told us, not just to sit there, but to partake. Our Father, our Heavenly Father has given us good things. Things not just for our benefit, but so that we can use for the benefit of others, so that we can grow others. We need to sit down at the table, and we need to partake of everything. Say everything. Everything. Everything that the Lord has set before us. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You see, the first step to claiming all that God has for you as a son is to recognize that awesome right that has been given to you. It has been given to you. It's nothing we have earned. It's not based off of works. It's not based on, on how good of a son I have been, on how well I have I've taken care of my father's household. The Lord has, been given, has given us this right as a son. Now, do we need to manage what the Lord has given us? Yes, but the Lord has gifted it to us. He has given it to us. And the supernatural event that has taken place in me, 
that's taken place in Linton, that's taken place in all of us, is that we have been born of God. We've been born of God. It doesn't have to do with our heritage, praise the Lord, and that to do with, with mom and dad and how well they did, praise the Lord. What binds us all together in this room as sons and daughters of God is that we were born of God. We are supernatural children of the most high God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So turn to 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to continue this thought. And because you've been born of him, because you've been given the right to become a son of the living God, because you have the rights of a son, that has some other awesome consequences. We know that we live in him and he in us. We're not just going to read past that. You live in God right now. You live in him and he lives in you. Like Pastor said, it's not a feeling. It's not a, it's not a feeling, oh, I feel godly right now. No, I am a son of God and his spirit is inside me. The essence of the creator of the heavens, of the, of the, of the universe, is inside me, is inside you. Because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God. Do you acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God? Yes. Not just with your words, and I know it's with your words. Do you acknowledge him with your actions? Yes. Yes, you do. That wasn't a discouragement. You do acknowledge him. I've never seen anybody acknowledge the Lord in your repentance, in your transparency, in your team meetings, in your sacrifice. I've never seen people acknowledge the Lord the way you do. Yes, you do acknowledge him. And because of that, he lives in you and you live in him. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us because we acknowledge him, because he lives in us and we live in him. We know and rely on the love that he has for us. We know and rely on the truth that he has set a table before us. He set a table before Ibrahim to get everything that he needs to do the will of God in his life. He has provided for Ibrahim everything that he needs every day. There's not a day that goes by that God has not given Ibrahim what he needs for that day. He lives inside you. Do you recognize the weight of this? You've been in discipleship training on Fridays. We've been talking about this. We are recognizing the weight and the gravity that comes with the statement that the Spirit of God is inside us. That is not just some, some willy-nilly, like, oh, that's a good feeling. Yeah. The Spirit of God lives inside the believer. You are sons at his table. He's called you forth. You are sons at his table, and he dwells inside you. Are you sufficiently secured in the fact that him adopting you as a son, it means, it equals, it is tantamount to the fact that his presence is in you? Raise your hand if you're a son of God. Ladies, you know that means you too. We don't have to do all that. Then God's presence is inside you. And it can seem like, man, we know, we know, we know. I'm beating, we're beating this, you know, we're beating a dead horse. No, we're not. Because the practical outworking of that revelation is, will produce victory. Yeah. It will produce victory as you train. As you go about doing the will of God, it will produce a resolve in you that says, his spirit is inside me. This momentary failure, yeah, I screwed it up in training. This momentary failure, it means nothing. God's spirit is inside me calling me to get up. Amen. After having been sufficiently anchored and secured by this revelation, there's something else that our good father provides for us, and our pastors talked about it on Sunday. Our good father is now implementing a training regimen in us so that we will walk, not just understand, so that we will walk in all that he has available to us. Watching something on the screen, watching game film is not the same as getting out there and actually putting it into practice. Are you excited to train? Yeah. Talking about whole body training. Yeah. Adam, Adam, where's Adam at? Pastor Peyton, I'm hurting right now. Because my, my pastors have been training my body and it's screaming. But it feels good. 
Ah, oh, thank you. Turn with us to Philippians 2, verse 12. Amen. While you guys are turning there, that is a, a weighty thing. And thinking about that name change, that adoption, that process of adoption. Some of you guys have, have been through that. Some of you guys have, have taken on the name of a good father. But this isn't just about taking in that. That's a great thing to take on his name. It's also about becoming who he is. Being empowered by the spirit of Christ. Becoming who Christ is. It's not just being a Christian having the name. But it's becoming who Christ is. It's walking as Christ walks. It's healing as Christ heals. It's doing and saying exactly what Christ is. Because we are empowered by his Holy Spirit. And that is what changes us. That is what solidifies our sonship. His spirit empowers us and changes us. So it's more than just a name change. This is an everything change. This is an everything change tonight. This is what the Lord is doing in us, and I hope the Lord is doing it in you guys tonight. Philippians chapter 2. Oh, we're going to make sure of it, JJ. <laughs> we're going to try our best. In verse 12, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers, as you have always obeyed, continue to work out your salvation. Someone say work out. Work out. You like to work out? Yeah. I like to work out. I'm loving this training in righteousness. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it, is, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Now, when I, I think of working out, I, those words, fear and trembling, right? We've been talking about this. Uh, I, 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 the chorus put on a, a, great, uh, a great workout that I don't participate in, but my wife does. And I hear so often that she comes home, man, such a good workout, man, I felt like I was going to throw up. I'm like, what does that even mean? But I understand what that means. That aspect of trembling, I've worked out so hard, I've come to the point of exhaustion to where I'm just trembling, I'm shaking, I don't know what's going to come out. That is working out with fear and trembling, working out, I don't know what's going to happen, what's going to come out, but I know it's good for me. Yeah. I know this is what I need to be doing. Do I'm looking at, go ahead. go ahead, no, go ahead. I'm looking at that bar, and I know it's not going to move itself, and I am dead. I am beyond dead. I just finished trembling, right? You thought we are talking about lifting weights. We're not. We're talking about what it looks like to train in the kingdom for the things that God has apportioned to you. Those areas that you know that he is training you, you at. Those areas that you know that, man, I, I, I got some stuff on my feet. Yeah. And you have to work it out, meaning it's not comfortable. Yeah. Nobody thinks about actual training like, oh, I feel great. Oh, everything's okay. No. Pastor Nick always told me if you don't, if you can barely, if you can barely walk when you finish your workout, that was a good workout. I mean, you look at Pastor Dick and you can tell, like, he goes to the extreme. Well, what we're talking about, this training in the kingdom that has come from our heavenly father, who is good to us, who is training us so that we would walk in all of the empowerment yeah. that he has. Well, that training means that it's going to be some fear and trembling. Yeah. Right? Your arms are going to be shaking a little bit. Yeah. You're going to have to face the fear of what you what you, what you lack or what you think you lack, your perceived lack, because God hadn't strengthened you yet, right? You're going to have to deal with the fact that, man, I have to press into discomfort. Nobody's going to make me. I have to press into discomfort in order to train the way my father wants me to train. That's just a warm-up. That's to get the blood flowing. Now, look at verse 13. For it is God. Say it is God. It is God. It is God who works in us. Yeah. It is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Why do you want to do anything godly? It's, it's God's work. It's not because I woke up. In the morning, I'm like, yes, I just, I am the most godly person ever. No. I'm getting ready to be humbled right there. No. God is the only reason I want to do what's right. 
There's nothing good in my simple nature. There is nothing good in, in me, myself, and I. But he is inside me, and he is controlling me. The Amplified says he is controlling me. He is inside me to cause me to will, both to, to have the desire to do what is right and to empower me to get up and do it. That is what this training in righteousness produces. Turn with us to Galatians 5. And Beth, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Uh, we're going to start actually in verse 16. Thank you. Say, so get up, man. There you go. My bad, my bad, my bad. Galatians 5, 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Full stop. How do we kick button training? How do we kick our flesh's button training? We live by the spirit of God that he has deposited inside us. And you know what that will cause us to do? That will cause us to put to death the desires of the flesh. Romans 8 says the misdeeds of the flesh. It will cause us to put them to death. So what's empowering you? It's his spirit. The Spirit of God is inside you to empower you through the training. Yeah, you got a little mud on your feet. You're going to dust it off. You're going to get up and go. Why? Because His Spirit is empowering you to step over that. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gentleness and self-control. How many of you was at a, a Sunday school felt board thing? I never grew up with a felt board. I grew up in CCD, if y'all know, you know. We had missilettes. Those who belong to Christ have, have crucified the simple nature with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, we've always heard that, and your kids can quote it. Love, joy, patience, kindness, self-control, all these kind of things. Show of hands, who wants more of these things that work in your life? Oh, yeah. I do. Do you want more love of oh, God's yeah. love? Yes. Do you need more of, are you convicted and repent in your soul every day because you're not joyful when you go to work? Do you need the shalom oh. of God? Yeah, I know. I need it. All right, we're going to save the two heavy hitters for last. How many of you know that you need more self-control in one area or another or all? How many of you want more faithfulness? Everybody in the room, right? What does the, what does the word say? That the, 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 these, the, the fruit of the spirit that we're talking about, what are they the product of? They're a product of the spirit. You mean it's not a product of my, my discipline? It's not a product of my, my, my want to? I choose to love you more, Linton. <laughs> I choose to be self-disciplined to love Sometimes you more. Sometimes the spirit starts that way to help to get us get a kickstart. Here's what we what what we what was moving us from this. The spirit of God inside you is powerful, like more powerful than you. Yes. The spirit of God inside you can enable you to do the things that in and of your flesh, not only cannot can you you can't do, you don't want to do it. The spirit of God inside you, when you yield to it, can cause you to stand up, get up, man of God, yeah. and to live a self-controlled life, yeah. a life that is full of faithfulness. He is able. Yeah. How does the scripture describe both Stephen and Barnabas? Full men who were full of the spirit. You don't hear about what they, what they did. But you know they did something amazing. You do actually hear about what the things they do, but you don't hear about their daily practice. What do you hear? These were men who were full of the Spirit. So let's, let's roll this back into what we're talking about in our, in our current day and time in OCM. We're training. We're learning how to work out our salvation with fear and with trembling. We're not turning away from the training regiment, regiment. We're actually pressing into the discomfort, pressing into our recognition of our lack. But the Spirit is the one that enables us to do it 
in an attitude of faithfulness, yeah. in an attitude of self-control, in an attitude of love, in an attitude of joy. Yeah. What we want you to get tonight, and the reason that we read the prophecy we read, is because there's more of the Spirit's power that's available to us. Amen. There is more of the Spirit of holiness and His empowerment in you that is available to you that when we, when we recognize our need for it, we see, yes, no, I need more training in this area right here. I, I, need, I need more empowerment in this area right here because training shows that I got some work to do. Yeah. When we can recognize that and we recognize and stand up in the fact that I am a son of God, therefore his spirit is inside me, man, we can get up. Yeah. We can get up. We can stand up and be empowered yeah. to go and do that thing that before we couldn't do. Amen. That's what God wants us to grab a hold of. Because in the moment, right, in the moment when you, when the, 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 the heat of the battle, right, you're not thinking straight. We accept the things that we see. Whether it's in a mirror, we accept what we see in ourselves, like this is all I'll ever be. This is all I've amounted to, whatever it is. Or we accept the, the, the evidence all around us. But the spirit of God inside, inside us is the one that leads us in all truth. Yeah. And when we submit to that spirit, he will cause a spiritual reality to become, to, to become a physical reality. Yeah. The power that he said you have, you will walk in. Let's keep in step with his spirit. As we continue in Romans 8. We want to tell you that a man who knows that he is a son of God and knows what that means, a man who knows that the spirit of God is inside him to help him, that kind of man will be empowered by the most high for his works yeah. of service. That kind of man will get up every time he fails and he will be empowered to do it again. Yeah. That's who you are, LCM. You guys with us in Romans 8? Yeah. We're starting verse 1. This is something the Lord's been... Uh, We've been digesting in our home for the last several weeks, and the Lord has, has been good to us, showing us things. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You see, as I've been wrestling with this passage for, for a while now, what I wrestle with is, uh, is not the obvious or so I used to think, right? There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. I'm not worried about those that these outside sort of these people that are condemning. I'm actually like, go ahead, say what you want to say about me. I'm, I'm actually welcoming the insult. I'm welcoming, go ahead, that's fine. I'll keep doing what the Lord's called me to do. You can bring it. And that's fine. But what I wrestle with is that self-condemning voice that's on the inside, Right? That, that voice is between my ears, right? It's not coming from the outside. It's coming from the inside. It goes, it, it goes something like this. Made yet another mistake in the series of mistakes that has got me to where I am today. Uh, yeah. I'm never, I'll never fulfill God's call in my life. I'll never, lies. I'll never look like the men that I look up to. Lies. These are all lies from the enemy. These are all lies. But I've wrestled with that self-condemning voice. And this is a, a pattern. And, and I see, especially after the message, I'm saying, I realize, man, I'm just like Peter. Right? I, I'm buying into the lies. I'm buying into it. Uh, because what I want to do and how I'm liking is I want to start over. Right? Lord, Lord, watch my whole body. Need to be saved Lord, again. Just, just do it all. I'm, I'm just going to jump right in. Just, just do it all. Like, I'm, I'm, this is, you got to do something. You got to start over with me. And that's how I'm like Peter. Or what about when my flesh desires to be only focused on what I want to do, right? What will benefit me? I know that's not, I'm, I'm probably the only one that does that, right? Nope. No? Okay. Or when I get my next reprieve from life, you know what I mean? Like when can I get a release from the pressure of training? Does this have to be so hard? Does this have to be so heavy? I just need a little me time, right? I just need to set this weight down. I'm going to go sit over here. I'm going to relax for a little bit. But what the Lord has been so gracious to show me, the Lord has been so gracious to show us, to show all of us, is that we just need our feet washed. We don't need what the Lord has called holy. 
We don't need our head washed. We don't need our body washed. It's the revelation that Jesus gave Peter. We don't need all of that washed because the Lord has called us holy. He has made us holy. We don't call unholy what the Lord has called holy. All we need is our feet washed. All I need is to kick, the, kick those self-condemning thoughts to the curb. That's all I have to do. And let the Lord wash my feet in this specific area, in this specific area that I am, am being trained in. And that's what the Lord has shown us, what the Lord is doing. He's just washing my feet. That's all he's doing. That's all I have to do is let him wash my feet. We're going to continue in Romans chapter 8. In verse 5, it says that those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So what I, what I realized is that I was living, was, key word is was, living according to the flesh in these areas. And my mind was being governed by the flesh, but the Lord has made me aware of this. Right? This is a part of my training. The awareness is a part of my training. It's not an end-all, be-all, see-you-later, never-going-to-happen again. It is the part of the training. It is the part that allows me to get up. It's the part that allows me to fight through. Okay, I may have done that wrong, but next time I am not going to do that wrong. Because this is a part of my training. The Lord has made me aware of this, and He is washing these desires. He's washing these mindsets. He's washing them off my feet so that I don't have to walk in them anymore. So that my, my halakha, my way of life is not muddied anymore. I don't have to do that because this power is residing within me. See, I've washed my feet and I've been cleansed from these things. What the Word of God says in 8.1 says that I am in Christ. So there is no condemnation. There is no whatever it is that the Lord is highlighting to you tonight. I am in Christ. So that is no longer a part of who I am. My mind can and will be governed by the Spirit. Church, your mind can and will continue to be governed by the Spirit. It will. How can we speak this confidently, so confidently? It's because you desire what the Spirit desires. That's what 5 and 6 says. You desire what the Spirit desires. We see it. We know that your homes are governed by the Spirit because we see life in your homes. We see the fruit of shalom in your homes. We see that as we walk into each other's homes, there's peace, there is unity, there is life, there is giving of each other, there is those fruits of love and joy, all these things. We see that fruit in your homes. And so we can speak confidently that you do desire what the Spirit desires, church. So that means you can walk in this way. You can walk in peace and along with other fruits, all these fruits that the Lord is giving us. Your mind is set on what the Spirit desires. And we need to be confident that that is where your minds are at. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. Man of God, woman of God, you, however, are not in the realm of flesh. JJ, you, however, are not in the realm of flesh. JJ is like, it tied to me. JJ is, I look at JJ as a man who wants to do what's right because it's right. Who wants to be with the king. That is who JJ is. That is how I see JJ. So throughout the week, if JJ gets some other stuff on his feet, all JJ has to do is kick it off, is hose it off, right? He'll get some help from the Pertech guys. It's a free plug. We wash these things off because we are not in the realm of the flesh. I am a man who is controlled by the spirit. And I'm also at the very same time, I'm learning how to yield to that spirit. Right? I'm not talking about just knowing that it's true. I'm saying the Lord is bringing about the training. He's bringing about the circumstances. He's bringing about the things that I need to grow in to teach me how to walk in the revelation of yielding in the spirit. Because I, when I yield to the spirit in the matter of my, my identity, when I yield to the spirit in the matter of my comforts, when I yield to the spirit in the matter of my capacity of what I'm able to put out, the spirit produces what God wants him to. We as a church body are going to be benefited because we're going to wake up tomorrow. We're going to read our word. We're going to look at it. We're going to get in the car. We're going to start driving. And we're going to pray and say, Lord, what do you want to do today? Yeah, regardless of what I, I have a meeting coming up, I have this, I have this thing that I need to do, I have these 10 things that I need to do. 
with no money. But Lord, your spirit is inside me. You created the heavens and the earth. So how do we do this together? How do we partner together? And you know what? We are me. I am going through training with the Lord as I submit to, to him in that way. Romans 8, 13 through 14. I'll read it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You know what I see in this house, what I see sitting in these chairs? I see sons of God. I see sons of God that are led by a Spirit. I see sons of God that are committed to this training and working out of our salvation over and over and over again because this is a continuous work. And I see men and women who are committed to this training, who are committed because you are led by the Spirit, not by your own strength, not by your own power, but by His Spirit. And that is what's changing things in our house. And that's why we can confidently say we have a lot of sons in this house that are led by a Spirit. In verse 26 in Romans chapter 8, skip down a few verses, it says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. I found it. I'm weak in this area. Now the Spirit can help me. Now the Spirit can help me. I have no control over this. Now the Spirit can help me. I can't make this happen. Now the Spirit can help me. There's nothing I can do in help my own strength. And now the Spirit can, can help me. See, we do not know what we ought to pray for. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he searches our hearts. He knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And that's key. It's with the will of God. The Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Again, I see sons in here. I see people men and women of God who desire the will of God, who want to do the will of God. And you know what we get to have? We get to have the Spirit intercede for us. We get to have the Spirit show us how to pray, show us how to interpret the Word, show us how to move in power and how to operate in the giftings that He has poured out upon us. Verse 20, it says, and we, say we, we, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Church, do you love him? Yes. Of course you do. Of course. I wasn't expecting anyone to say, no. That wasn't going to happen. You love him. So you know what that means? That means God is working in all things. He's working in it. Paul's got it. Well, God's working in all things. What are all things? All, all things. things. He's working in all things. He did so, it today. He'll do it tomorrow. The day after that. When you got that bad report at work. Yes. All things. Because it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's the voice between your ears. It doesn't matter if it's the circumstances. Whatever it is, God is working in it. Because when you know that God is training you and that his spirit is, in fact, in you, then you can say, this is good. God, this is good. Say it's good. This training's good. Amen. Because you are called according to his purpose. That's key. You're called according to his purpose. Not your own. Not my own. Not Linton's own purpose. But called according to his purpose. See, now that we have been enlightened and we face the areas that we need more training, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We can allow our feet to be washed. We can allow ourselves to be purified just by having our feet washed. And when we do that, we rise up in our identity as sons. We rise up in our identity as carriers of God's spirit, that vessel that contains the spirit of the living God. And we move forward empowered by that very spirit that resides within us. Amen. Say all things. All things. No, one of the things that all things mean is that even when you don't know why, 
something is happening the way it's happening, you are not a victim. Even when you don't know why it's happening the way that it is, you don't know how God is going to make what he said that he would make come about. You don't know how that's going to happen. You're not a victim. Why? Because you're strong? No. Because his spirit is inside you, and his spirit is with you, and his spirit will empower you. His spirit will show you all things. That's the, I find great confidence in that. Turn with us to Hebrews 5.13 in the Old Faithful, NIV 84. 84, baby. Tried and true. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Now, I doubt very seriously that any of you go around calling yourself an infant. I hope not. That'd be a problem. If you do, we got a problem. You don't do that. But I have a question for you, which is really what what I was wrestling with. Have you ever been stopped dead in your progress by this haunting phrase in between your ears? I don't know if I can do that the way it needs to be done. I don't know what God wants to do in this situation or that. These are more subtle ways of saying, I can't. This training regimen isn't working. It's too hard, Lord. The issue is not that you, that you can't or that you will never know how to accomplish it, even if in this moment you don't know how to accomplish it. The issue is not that you can't or that you never will. The issue is that I haven't done it yet, right? And I'm tempted to quit the training regiment just before I've been empowered by God's spirit to enact his will. Tempted to quit just before I actually expend all of my strength. I want to quit just before I start trembling, Bim, so that he can empower me. That's not who we are. That's not who you are. You are those who will last. Ray and Lindsay, you are those who will last. You are those who can know the, 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 to distinguish good from evil. God can train you. He is training you, and he will train you. If there's a misstep, if there's a mistake, you know what you do? You dust it off. Like Joy dusted off my shoulder a few minutes ago. You get up, and you say, Lord, your spirit is inside me. Empower me to think rightly about this. Empower me to move with your spirit and with your strength, God, because I'm, 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 I'm trembling right now. Empower me to move with your strength in this situation or that situation. We're going to rise up. We're going to rise up in this training regimen. Now that we've been enlightened and faced the areas where we need more training. Like I need more training in the constant use of scripture to be able to distinguish good from evil. I need more training to be able to distinguish what does God want to do in this person, in my wife, in my family. In, in this disciple, in this class, in this time together, what does God want to do? Well, you know what? I'm not going to stop just short of being empowered. I'm not going to quit because it, it, it doesn't feel comfortable. No. His spirit is inside me, and his spirit inside me says, son, move on. Get up. Rise up. Go and do what I've told you to do, and I will strengthen you as you go. We can allow our feet to be washed and purified. We, ri- we can rise up in our identity as sons and as carriers of the spirit of the living God. And as we move, we will be empowered by his spirit. Turn with us to Jeremiah 1. So get up, man of God, when you get there. We'll start in verse 4. It says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send to you and say whatever I command you. 
Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, Jeremiah was set apart. (laughs) Jeremiah was anointed. There are a lot of set apart and anointed people in this room. This is what the Lord has done. The Lord knows you just like he knew. Jeremiah said, I know you. Timo, he says he knows you. He knows you. But what was Jeremiah's response in this moment? What was his response for what the Lord's command? I don't know how to speak. Oh, Lord, I can't do it. How many times do we say, I don't know how to speak or that I'm too young or that I'm too old? How many times do we say that? For me or maybe for you too. I can't have that kind of direct speech, right? I can't, I can't let it be that heavy. I can't have that kind of direct speech with my wife or with my brother. Or really, I can't or I won't say the hard things. Or I think that I'm not in the right place or position in life to have the weighty words that will make an impact. I wanted to keep peace and not make it. That's really what it comes down to. But I real quick, ke- is that true, though? No. Is that true that I can't? No. Is it true that you can't? No, no you haven't. So what are we going to do? We're going to rise up. We're going we're gonna to get it off our feet. And we're going to get up and go empowered to do that which we hadn't done yet. We're going to get it done. God's response to Jeremiah. I love his response. He says, don't say that. In other words, shut your mouth. Shake it. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. I think that's something we need to adopt for ourselves. When we hear this, say, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. That's how God's responded to me, at least. Shut your mouth to the lack of desire to do what the Lord has called you to do. He has anointed you to do. This is what the Lord has said he's going to do. Anything else, anything else is a lie. Anything else that says otherwise, you just need to shut that mouth. You need to shut your mouth and wash the filth off. Shut your mouth, wash the filth off, and get up. And be the man of God that you were called to be. Get up and be the woman of God that you were called to be. Wash the filth off your feet. Wash it off. Get up and do what the Lord's called you to do. Come on. So maybe it's not speaking for you. But what's the last thing you failed at? That you don't want to try again? What's the last thing that you got corrected for at your team meeting? Or when's the last time you were expecting a correction? (laughs) You walked into a, a conversation with a, with a uh, pretension, right? Forecasting failure. Hey, oh. whatever it is for you, because remember, his spirit is inside you. You know what he's training you at. I want to ask you, you know what he's, what he's training you at. You know the area where he is calling more from you than you currently think that you can give. Spencer, I'm getting a head nod. You know that. So, we got a prophecy for you. This is Jeremiah 1.17. In that area, in your specific context, get yourself ready. Put your gym shoes on, your gym shorts, warm up, get ready to sweat. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today, I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land. Verse 19, they will fight against you. Yeah, it's not just going to be a cakewalk. They will fight against you. You will have some, some blood in the offering, but they will not overcome you. And say to the living God, I say to you, whatever it is that God is training you in, that, that, that fear of failure, whatever it is that, that you don't want to get up and do, that will not overcome you. You have the spirit of the living God inside you to cause you to stand up, to get up, and go forward in what he's told you to do. This is what the Lord has been saying to us. Get up, man of God. Get up, woman of God. Say whatever I command you by the power of the Holy Spirit that rests inside you. The Lord says, my spirit is in you. My spirit is powerful. 
It is not you that brings these things about. My spirit inside you will bring about obedience in your life. Get up, yield to my spirit, and be empowered as you move. Stand up with us, church. It's a good time. It's a good time for a proverb. <laughs> it's our last scripture. Proverbs 24, 16. Proverbs 24, 16. I like that version. NIV says, For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Amen. What kind of man? A righteous man. You mean a righteous man's going to fall? Yep. A righteous man's going to get his feet dirty? Yep. But what does he do? He kicks off the dust. He hoses off his boots, and he stands up again. That's what a righteous man does. That's what the righteous men and the women in here are going to do tonight. They're going to stand up. We're going to get up, men of God. We're going to get up, women of God. We're going to let Jesus wash our feet to be washed in those areas that we've gotten a little dirty in so that he will empower us in that area because he will do it. We need to walk in that power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Get up. Get up, man of God. Scripture says, the Psalm says, says he will enable, the, enable me to stand over my foes. So in that area that you know the Lord wants to wash your feet so that you can get up and stand up and go, in that area, we're going to submit it to him. And as we go, as we go to be obedient in that area, you will be empowered by the Spirit of God that rests inside you. It is His Spirit that will enable you to live a righteous life, to get up every time you fall, every time you lack. His Spirit will cause you to get up and go forth in the empowerment of His Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for the power that your Holy Spirit presents to us, Father. But we thank you, for the power, Lord, that we have in yielding to your spirit, Father. Lord God, we pray right now, Lord God, that as we lift our hands in worship and as we lift our hands in submission to this revelation, Lord God, that your spirit, Father, would well up inside us and it will empower us from on high, Lord God, to do what you've called us to do.